Talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me wiser. Happy, happy Tuesday, peeps, and welcome to Fight Club. <laughs> Woohoo! So many happies. So many happies. Tons of happies. Well, welcome to Fight Club for Business, the show for home service business owners looking to improve their marketing, finances, systems, and culture. We're a team of self-employed industry experts, and we get to be joined this week by not one, but two guests, Zach Garside and Brigham Dickinson. Thank you for joining us. We are so excited to have you all on with us today. Do you guys mind just giving our audience a brief rundown of yourself and your business? Yeah, I'll introduce Zach. This is Brigham Dickinson. I'm with Power Selling Pros, uh, been at this for 15 years and counting. Don't plan on stopping anytime soon, but um, having a fantastic time training people on how to take care of customers over the phone as well as over the kitchen table. And I uh, want to introduce you to Zach Garside, the one, the only CEO of Power Selling Pros. Woo! Oh, man. I thought you were going to say, I'll introduce Zach and then Zach introduced Brigham, but you introduced us both. <laughs> so now what are you going to say? I don't know. I'm like, uh, I'm Zach. This is Brigham. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've said that already. Yeah. So, this is <laughs> hi, Zach. Is that when we all say hi, Zach? Hi, hi Zach. <laughs> okay, Tay, fix it. Just it's been one week since the last podcast episode. <laughs> It's not your last. This will be the first money for you guys because yeah. this is a fun show. So nice to meet you both. My name is Taylor Maroney. I co-own a power washing company in South Florida with my husband. And my background is in marketing and I don't get to talk sales too often. So I'm kind of excited to talk to you guys about sales. So really excited to kind of have those conversations today. And my passion in marketing I found was helping business owners understand the numbers behind marketing and how to make better decisions based upon those analytics. So Super excited to have you all on with us today and welcome back to Fight Club, everyone. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. And I'm Megan Likes. I'm the owner of Likes Accounting Company. I'm a nerdy CPA based out of Northern California where companies outsource their bookkeeping needs to me when they're allergic to their numbers and I translate them and then give them back. I also have Bookkeeping Academy Online, an online program that's taught to educate and empower business owners how to know their numbers so that they can live more financially rewarding lives. I own a window cleaning company with my husband, Jeff, uh, also gutter cleaning company. Happy Power Selling Pros clients over here. Very excited to have them. Met Brigham at uh, Tommy Mello's Vertical Track in Phoenix in May. And new friends to Zach, we go back like 13 minutes. Welcome to the show, guys. We're happy to have you here. That's awesome. Hey, guys. Welcome to the show. My name is Michelle Myers, and I'm the co-owner of Pink Collars, and we put CSRs in your business remotely. So if you're a company that doesn't have either the capacity or the time to hire or any of that, we're an agency model that provides those people on your behalf. So office managers, customer service reps, everything. And I'm also the proud co-owner of a floor coatings business. So I'm actually in the service game as well. Welcome to Fight Club. <laughs> she not only talks the talk, she walks the walk. I'm trying. I'm trying. 
And lastly, my name's Martha Woodward, and I used to own a maid service for about 13 years. I am co-founder of a software called Quality Driven, and it's a employee performance tracking software, and I just help people build happier workplaces. So welcome to Fight Club, you guys. Wow, that's a powerhouse. <laughs> My God. I feel very humbled. Yeah. Well, this is a fun part where we kind of throw y'all around round robin. So be prepared, put your seatbelts on because we're jumping right into marketing right now. Uh, I, and I don't even want to talk about marketing with you guys today. I do want to talk about sales. And I know right now everyone's struggling to definitely to get some leads in to keep business going, but I don't want to stay on that negative topic. I want to kind of shift the conversation to talking about how, when we do get those leads in, what some tips are to be able to know that you're going to be able to sell that job and get that on the calendar. So you are getting more revenue into the business. So what are some of your initial kind of tips that you talk about when working on closing sales with your clients? So you mind if I take this one, Zach, or at yeah, least take the lead on it? Okay. So thanks. The first thing is, well, at least the thing that comes to mind for me is, is you want to be very careful with inbound call takers um, mentioning the word sales, right? Sales is scary. You know, you think of snake oils and, and car salesmen and so on and so forth. And so what we do is, um, because words have meaning, we use a phrase we all like to call customer service. Customer service training. Now it is sales in disguise, right? Of course it sells. You're constantly selling yourself. And we want them to understand that, look, whether you're being interviewed for a job, whether you're trying to convince somebody to, you know, marry you for the rest of their lives and nobody else, you know, whether you want your kids to um, go to bed at a smart time, clean their rooms because it's smart, all that is sales. So we're constantly in sales. But before we get a chance to convince them of the fact that they are in sales and they want to become more influential, or at least they should want to, um, we, 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 uh, we uh, cover it in the disguise of customer service, right? Great, phenomenal customer service. And if you are phenomenal in the service that you provide, um, a.k.a. sales, um, you're going to be very, very good at your job. Not just good at your job, but you're going to be good at home. Uh, with the kids and with the spouse and every other part of your life. So we a first tip, we don't call it sales at all. We call it customer service training. It makes it a little bit more easy to swallow. It does. It makes it a lot easier to swallow. And it's to the client, it's not as, again, like you said, snake oil salesman, scary, all the things that people think of when they think of sales. And it feels so warm and welcoming and like I'm going to walk into a mom and pop shop and have just that old time customer experience that we all know and love, which is really exciting to think about. So I'll kind of push this question at Zach. So as we talk about the customer service side of it, we're starting that conversation with our clients right away on the phone. How do we continue that to the in-person side of selling a job on site? Mm, that's a great question. Well, it's no secret. You, you guys all know Tommy Mello, right? Tommy yes. Mello once said something I absolutely loved, which was that, uh, and I'm going to botch this paraphrasing, but he, he basically said, when my mom answered the phone, I never had to worry about if I was going to make a sale or not when I got to the to the customer's home. 
because my mom set it up for me. She provided amazing service. When the person who answers the phone creates an absolutely amazing experience for the customer, it sets the technician up or the salesperson up or whomever it is that goes out to the customer's home to be successful. But if the person who answers the phone sounds like they'd literally rather be doing anything else on earth, like you interrupted them when they were doing payroll or invoicing or some other task-based work, then that's going to leave a negative impression on the customer. They're going to be unsure when the technician gets there. So a CSR who answers the call, creates an amazing experience, listens to the customer, empathizes, makes it more than a transaction, sets the salesperson who goes out to the customer's home up for success, makes his job significantly easier. And I say more than a transaction because it has to be more than a transaction. Like we live in a world where the customer does not have to call you. I don't think most people realize customers don't have to call you at all. They can book online with a tool like schedule engine. They could fill out a form. They could go to Amazon home services. They could, they could chat in through, through your web chat. No one has to pick up the phone and call you anymore. Like that option is officially no longer hundred percent necessary. And yet we still do. We still pick up the phone when we, when we pick up the phone and it goes, press one for this, press two for this, press three for this, press pound to speak to an operator. We all murder the pound button because we just want to get straight to a human being. We yeah. still pick up the phone. We still call because we want a person to take ownership for our problem. Uh, so you got to be more than a transaction. You can't just do what a robot would do or what a, a form could do. You've got to listen and empathize, and reassure the customer. We can absolutely help. And if you do that, Customers predisposed to say yes when the salesperson comes out, they're less likely to call somebody else because customers don't do business with the best company. They don't. They do business with the company that understands them the best. And if oh, you can show that you understand them better than anyone else, then they'll hang up the phone and go, I don't need to call anybody else. I'm, I'm take, I feel taken care of. I absolutely love this. We're talking about feelings now, and I love feeling talk. So this is gonna, I'm, I'm gonna ask one more question that I know I'm running over my time limit right now, but that's okay. It's totally okay. Is there, so we're talking about feelings, we're talking about relating with the customer, and we are, we're making, you guys are really working hard to national, which is huge. I think as owners who have worked in the business that may be listening to this, that are still answering their phones at this point, that may not have a CSR. This is something that you really need to kind of like replay, play back, listen to the podcast like five times again, just to really let this sink into your head. Because in the owner's mind, I have a husband who is an owner and his mind is transactional, transactional, transactional. Until I started working with him on the phones, that's all he knew. Now, just like Zach and Brigham have said, moving it to that not transactional and feelings and empathy and motivating yourself to find a way to connect with the customer allows you to really have a stronger relationship with your clients from the initial sale itself, which is so important when we talk about customer lifetime and their value as you as them with your company. So my last and final question is actually going to be for those owners that may still be on the phone. Those owners that are doing exactly what you guys have just said, maybe in the middle of running payroll, maybe in the middle of doing a job themselves, they answer the phone kind of hectic. 
what's kind of your first initial way to help them connect with a client on that emotional level to make sure that is not a transactional type of phone call? So I'm a business owner. Can I chime in on that one? <laughs> I thought I stumped you guys for a second. I was like, did I do this? I don't know. I think we're looking at each other like, are you going to I'm actually chomping at the bit. Um, you know, it's funny because we are so quick to put people on hold, right? I'm doing this thing. So we put people on hold to do something. And instead of putting people on hold to do something, we should put something on hold to take care of the people. So if we have the ability, the discipline to put whatever we're doing on hold, and I realize we're, we're small business owners, right? We're trying to grow a business and we wear a lot of hats and so on and so forth. And I know it's really, really hard uh, to break that flow, right? That workflow that you've got going on. But if you have the ability to put your world on hold, whatever that thing is that you're doing, and just be present with that customer. Uh, and I realize this is easier said than done, but it is but it is all about influence. We, the way sales used to be taught, and this is the reason why it's got such a bad connotation, right? A bad feeling around it, is because in the beginning, it, it, it was taught as controlling and as manipulative. But if we can make that mental transition, that our goal is not to control or manipulate anyone, our goal is to connect with them on an emotional level. And as we connect with them on an emotional level and we listen and we care uh, and we give them that time, you'll find that they don't care what the price is. You'll find that they don't care whether it's today or tomorrow that you come out. They're willing to wait. Why? Because they like you. So if you can do those things, put your world on hold just for a moment, be present, you'll find... Um, that you won't have trouble making money. You won't have trouble growing your business. You won't have trouble bringing employees in to work with you uh, because you're the type of individual that puts people first, that puts building people first, whether it's inside the organization or outside the organization. As you put people first, everything else will take care of itself. So put your world on hold. And we're going to end on that. Business owners, put your world on hold. Take care of those clients as if they're your family. And I want to thank you both so much for spending some time with me on the marketing slash sales slash feeling topic today. And I'm going to go ahead and pass you over to Megan. And she might continue the conversation. She's been kind of doing that lately, kind of keeping it going the same way. But she might also go money. I don't know where she's going to go today. What she's saying is I've been totally copycatting for weeks, been very original, <laughs> and I'm fine with that because we've been on a sales kick. But no, we're going to money because I have a small bone to pick with both of you, and I've been waiting to pick it. Oh, uh, you tricked me. <laughs> so the sales pitch needs some refining, and I think it's because we stay away from the word sales. Here, here was the sale. Here was the sell. And we are not selling on the show, but this is so game changing what these guys do that I'm going to just hard sell for you real quick. And so you're going to sit there awkwardly while I say nice things. Okay. So <laughs> here's what happens. They actually do CSR training with your CSR. Now, and Michelle's going to talk about systems and Martha's going to talk about people and Michelle's going to talk all about the system of how the owner doesn't have to be involved. And Martha's going to talk about how good it feels to like invest in your people and they know that you're investing in them. But I'm just going to talk about from a customer experience and then we're going to talk about money. 
this is the most amazing thing. So my CSR is the most important person in my company. Hands down, she drives everything. She's the face, she's the voice, she's like the first impression. She sets the tone with my staff. She has so much power because I have a small company. She also does like everything, including answering the phones. Mm -hmm. First person to forget in training, right? Like the analogy is you would never put somebody on a job without showing them how to use a pressure washer or how to use a squeegee. Like we invest all this time and energy in training our technicians, and yet our frontline person, like the most important person, is the person that. There's no training program. We threw spaghetti at the wall. We're like, here's a phone. Here's a calendar. Good luck. Don't screw it up. And you're only going to hear from me when I hate your guts because there's not enough work on the schedule or it's not booked correctly or your conversion rate tanks. Personal experience, just being really real. And I know everybody listening to this is like, oh, shit, she's right. Like, that is exactly what I do. Okay, so then I, I go to this conference. I go to a lot of conferences. I've been to a couple of Tommy's conferences, and I've heard a lot of sales talks. If you hang out in Tommy's world, man is addicted to sales and marketing. And sometimes I'm like, mm, I'm a nice hippie from California. Like, I would never sell like that. I hate that. And then Brigham gets on the stage, and he sells for an hour in the most empathetic, sweetest way ever. And I was like, please take my money. Brigham, that's literally what I said. When I, was in I just walked up with my credit card and I was like, I don't care what it costs, take all of my money, I need this service. So the service is a really in-depth, like training, two hours, I know it's awkward, monologue, they're used to it, just roll with it. Two hour in-depth training about my company. They've never met me before. They don't know what I do for a living. And they sold my services to my CSR in a way that I have never been able to in two hours. And then they coach her. So they coach her once a week or once every other week on her calls, on her strategies, and they build her up and they make her successful. So the beef, which we're getting to, and the money is all you had to do was say, Megan, we will improve your conversion rate by 1%. Hire us, trust us. And that's all you had to say. And just do the math, guys. Like 1% conversion rate increase, like you need to raise your prices. That walk me in forever. Okay, yeah, Brigham's taking notes, I like it. Um, walk me in forever, don't raise my prices because I'm super excited. This is a huge area that we need to talk about. So can we talk about conversion rate? Please? Yeah. And can we talk yeah. about average ticket? And can we talk about uh, production schedules? Like somehow you're compelling Cassie to keep my calendar tight. I don't know how you did that, but it's awesome and I love it. Um, yesterday she told me like all the proactive things she did with outgoing calls. And I was like, I didn't even know they were working on outgoing calls with you. And she's like, oh, they are. It's amazing. It's brilliant. And I'm not involved. All I did was write a very small check, which is about to go up, right? You guys are going to raise your prices after that. Well, after what you just said, I'm like, yeah. I don't, first of all, I don't even want to answer any questions. I just want to let you keep talking. No, 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 no. <laughs> You're the guest. So tell, so tell us, tell us, okay. I'm so sad because I'm a full focus planner person and I met you not in the quarter I met you. So I had the patterns of excellence carrying around. Michelle's seen it. Martha's seen it. Tay's seen it. I carried it around for like 10 weeks. That like glossy piece of paper Brigham, that you passed out. Yeah. Let's talk about that real quickly, maybe, because that's the secret sauce, I think, right? Patterns of excellence. So you've got two Pattern. minutes to do an hour talk. <laughs> Pattern for excellence. Is that uh, it? Here's the seven things. That it's the eight principles of the pattern for excellence. Um, here's the here's the two minute version. If if all you needed to be successful, Cody, what's up? Uh, if all you needed to be successful was a script, then there's no reason that every CSR in the industry shouldn't be booking ninety percent of their calls, 
or every company should be selling up the out the wazoo, right? Uh, and there's but and there's a million sales books and customer service books, and yet most people are still terrible at it because the answer is not a script. Scripts are good for beginners because they help you understand the flow of the conversation, but you need to understand the timeless principles that are at play in every single customer interaction. And that's what the pattern for excellence is. It's eight principles that apply to every single customer interaction you will ever have ever again. And if you can master those eight principles, then not only do you book more calls, increase your conversion rate, create more wow experiences, but you also are able to respond to anything that comes your way. Customer has a price objection, use the principles of the pattern. Customer has a concern about the schedule, use the principles. Customer's upset, angry at you because you messed up, use the principles of the pattern. Now, understanding timeless principles that work every single time uh, gives CSRs not just skills, but confidence, which is the biggest thing, I think. Is we oh want my gosh, to you have to win. stop there. Your CSR, so these ladies and I and another lady, we did our first CSR training in March in Nashville. Uh, we served 50 admins and we taught them about how they affect the money of the company and how to set plug and play systems and how they actually set the tone in terms of like people, HR management issues, even though they're just, just an admin, you know, I just answer the phone. No, you are way more important. We taught them how they could be the social media manager. And what I didn't realize was they need us to like love on them. They need yeah. us to build them up. They are like hidden treasures that need to be celebrated and who need to be built up because they like inherently, and I know I'm generalizing, but I think I can generalize at this point, <laughs> need, they need uh, some help with confidence. So yeah. you guys are, so can you just run through the eight real quick? Because it's, it's amazing. Like it's a, they, the eight build a call flow and then they'll customize the call flow for your company. And I was a total brat, which I always am. I was like, I'm not going to change softwares. <laughs> I'm not going to change the order. I take my information and I need you to still increase my sales. And Lindsay, <laughs> perfect match, by the way. She was like, I got you, girl. I got you. <laughs> Just fine. Yeah. Okay, so run through those eight real quick, if you don't mind. Eight principles. Once you learn them, you'll never be able to unsee them ever again in all your communication. But number one is be positive. Do you sound like you want to be serving this customer right now? Be positive. Number two is be prepared and be confident. Uh, we get prepared by listening to our calls, practicing. How do athletes become confident? They practice. They watch film, right? Same thing for your CSRs. Listen to your calls. Number three is you got to listen. Be an excellent listener. Ask questions about the situation. Rephrase it in your own words. Let them know you understand what's going on. And then number four is care about them. Empathize with the situation. Let them know that's terrible. I hate to hear that. A lot of CSRs say, oh, but I'm not a caring, touchy-feely person. I say, that's fine. You don't need to be, I'm not asking you to be a cheerleader and throw your pom-poms up in the air here. To, to care, you simply have to imagine what is the customer thinking right now about the situation and then just say that out loud. So what are they thinking about? This? They're probably thinking this is frustrating. I say, okay, say that. That's frustrating. That's how you show that you care about them. Uh, number five is reassure. Always focus on what you can do. Don't assume that they know you can help. Reassure them, we can definitely help. You've called the right place. We've got your back. Number six is ask for the business. 
Don't just sit there and wait for the sale. customer to say. Not for sale. We didn't ask for the sale. We asked for the business. Yeah, so ask, ask for the appointment. Yeah. Ask the customer to do something that will help them. Like you, if you just answer all the customer's questions, you haven't actually helped them. They still, they could hang up the phone and you think, I just answered all their questions, but they still have a problem. There's still something wrong. We haven't actually fixed it. So ask them, when would you like us to come out? Can I book this appointment for you? Uh, number seven is build value. So before you present your pricing, build value, let them know, help them visualize the service you're going to provide them. Uh, don't just tell them it's going to be $79 for us to come out because then they think they're paying $79 for someone to drive to their house. And that's not what they're paying for. They're paying for a, a licensed professional, a fully stocked truck, a thorough inspection, an in-home consultation. All that is only $79. Uh, that's very different from $79 to come out. And then number eight is you got to be grateful. Show them your sincere gratitude. Uh, when people feel like you are grateful for them, like they made a difference, they give you their loyalty. Uh, people don't act on what they know. And that is the price or how many years you've been in business. They don't act on what they know. They act on how they feel about what they know. And so you've got to communicate those eight, you got to use those eight principles to let the customer not just know what you do, but to make them feel good about what they know about you. So here's what they did in two hours. They took those eight principles and they plugged them into my sales system. So everybody who listens to the podcast, I think knows I'm a raving responsive fan. I'm obsessed. This is my sales system. And I thought it was a script. I thought it was so clever. I was like, no, my, my CSRs, they answer the phone the same way every time. And they ask the same questions in the same order because the software makes them do that. Well, here's the missing piece. Here's the responsive sales system that tripled my average ticket on steroids. And that is, how do we build empathy? How do we actively listen? When do we time these questions when we're like doing the clicks and we're kind of nervous? How do we ask for the business? When do we present the, the different, how do we present them even? You guys helped us organize how we're presenting our offers, good, better, best. It's incredible. So if we think we can't just assume that our CSR is going to ask questions and build empathy and be an active listener, we can't just assume that. Maybe they're naturally good at it, but power selling pros will make them even better at it. And somehow they talk Cassie into we need to record her calls and it's in her best interest. And she's so excited about that because we're setting her up for success. So this is me, my way of saying thank you very much for that. And if you need to increase your conversion rate by 1%, I hope that they have like a code or a link or a something because you need them like yesterday. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. And anything you want to talk about? Like, can you can you say my favorite hack? And I'm so sad. I had so many notes Brigham, during your talk. I filled up like the entire page in like the smallest print possible. My favorite hack that I learned during your talk was about... Uh, Ooh, it was a, a waiting list for urgency list area an urgency list. Yeah. Can you give that gold nugget in these last three minutes that we have, please? Yeah. So, Oh, you sound so much better. Welcome back. Awesome. <laughs> so urgency list, you never want to call it a waiting list because nobody likes to wait, right? Nobody likes standby. If you've ever been in an airport, you never want to do standby again. Right? So, um, Oh, an urgency list is, what you use when you are book solid. They want you to come out today, which never happens, right? They want you to come out right now and you're book solid for the next two weeks. So what do you do? It's very simple. You say, Mr. Jones, here's what I'm gonna do. Now that I've got your address, your contact information, I'm gonna put you on today's urgency list. 
As soon as a customer calls in to reschedule or a technician gets done early in your area, I'm going to move into that slot now. In order to get you on the urgency list, I need to get you in the schedule. Now, I have an opening on Tuesday between 2 and 4. Can I book that appointment in order to get you on today's urgency list? And we'll call you as soon as technician is on his way. So the objective is to get them in the schedule, but that is not necessarily what they want. What they want is to get it as quick service as they possibly can, right? As, as fast as possible. So here's the thing, though. If you're busy, what are the chances of your competitors being busy as well? Chances are pretty good. So what that means is, is they'll call five, six companies, and they'll realize after calling five, six companies that they're going to have to wait. Well, if they're going to wait, then they might as well wait for you. So what do you do? You present the urgency list, you schedule the appointment, and, and you book it. Now, let's say that uh, you're able to get to, let's say you've got 10 people on the list, and five, um, five you're able to get to. The other five, and I know that many people on this podcast are going, yeah, what about those other five? Well, you call those individuals at the end of the day, and you simply say, Mr. Jones, we've had you on today's urgency list. Now, and you tell them how many technicians you have on the field. It could be two. It could be one. It could be five. It doesn't matter. What matters is, is they're there. They're there in the marketplace. They're working out in the field, and they're working late hours, and you know they are because you're really busy. So they're working to all hours now, and the key is here is to say, we're getting to as many families as we possibly can. We're going to put you on because they're all about families, right? We're all about families here, not just customers, but families. I'm going to put you on tomorrow's urgency list. As soon as the customer calls and reschedule, technician gets done early in your area, I'm going to move you into that slot. We'll call you as soon as technician is on his way. So our goal is to get to as many as we possibly can using the urgency list. Do you see what happened? So he got their information, and the secret sauce I found was you can't get on the urgency list unless you schedule an appointment because that's, that's right. the way the system works. So you, they have to get on the calendar, and you're going to do everything you can to move them up on the calendar. And uh, we're not going to tell them that we had a cancellation. We're going to have a rescheduling, right? Mm -hmm. And we're not going to send somebody out of our normal realm because we're the expert, right? Like we're the professional, but we had a technician finish early in your area. Like this is gold guys. Like this is, this is exactly what we're saying, but we've been saying it all wrong our entire lives. And today is a new day. And now we know how to say we had somebody reschedule and we have a technician who has finished early in your area. So you're welcome. That was gold. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to pass you to Michelle, who is like drooling about all the systems that we just talked about, but I did not step on any toes, right? You did awesome. I'm freaking out and running around. Um, my whole team is these awesome people, CSRs. That's all I deal with, all I work with. That's, that's who I live and breathe around every day. And to talk about them without them here, I want them to get all the good nuggets. So I'm, I'm speaking as them. Um, so when you look at the system, the be confident, listen, care, it's really tricky because when you open up a CRM, the very first thing you see is data, right? I need a name and an address and a time and a da, 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 da. How do you keep people from launching into data collection and doing the empathy part first? Because I feel like that's the biggest win that you could share with us today. Give it to me, Zach, I'm ready. Okay. I got a bone to pick with these CRMs. All right. Okay, this, give is us, the, yeah. this is the biggest thing everybody says. They're like, yeah, but my CRM won't let me. My, okay. my CRM won't let me listen to the customer. I'm like, do you hear how ridiculous that sounds? Like, yeah. Because uh, what happens on most phone calls is we pick up the phone, we say, this is awesome eating an air. My name is Zach. Thanks for calling. How can I help you today? Mm -hmm. Customer says, my air conditioner's not working. Or 
you know, I've got a leak in my master bathroom. And so we say, okay, what's your address? Exactly. Now, now what have you just done? You are, the, you are doing what the robot could do. Yeah, you just my, cut I them off. I could program the chat on my website to do that. Exactly. And then I ask, so why do you need to get their information first? And they say, well, to follow up, right? What if the call drops? Now, here's the hack, everybody. Are you ready? There's this amazing thing. It's called caller ID. If What? If the, if the call truly drops and you didn't fill in the information on the system, you have you already have the single most important thing you need. Their phone. Right. You already You're have right. you don't the, the the we need to follow up, we need to collect their information thing. I understand it, I sympathize with it, but at the same time, you have caller ID. So you you don't need to jump right into collecting logistical information. You know, all you're telling the customer at that point is this is a transaction. Mm -hmm. I'm just here to get your information, put you in the system get you on the schedule. The first, that's number one. Number two okay. is when the CSR picks up the phone and the customer says, I have a problem. The first thing you should say is tell me more. What's going on? Mm. How long have you been doing that for? What's, oh my gosh, that's terrible, but we can definitely help. Glad you gave us a call. When would you like us to come out? They say, I wish to come out as soon as possible. And at that point I say, all right, well, let's get some information and take a look at the schedule together. Now you can go in and enter all the stuff you need to in your system. And how much time have you truly lost? Tiny bits, minimal, like, minimal. Like 30 seconds. And you, it's if not that. lost time either. It's, it's productive time building loyalty with the customer. Yeah. You know, you, you spent 30 seconds listening to their situation, empathizing. And if you feel like you have to be typing stuff, like, right, grab a sticky note, you know, write, write, write stuff down. But you don't oh man tay, i just no. i just triggered something in tay she just yeah michelle hates sticky uh -huh. notes so we're gonna have to talk okay. she is like an the writing's down i know she like cannot do she like makes everyone remove sticky notes so that's what was my yeah. initial gut reaction no it's okay oh, God, not the sticky notes <laughs> well but, that's fine too whatever works for you is basically what i'm saying right yeah <laughs> the notes feature on your computer a Word document that's just rolling throughout the day that you can copy paste into. Okay. I've actually met with CRM owners and asked them to put the information, the conversation number one, and then the name, address, and email. I mean, I, I've, I'm asking them to retool the whole thing and I'm not getting anywhere. So I would love that because I think you're right. The listening part and the story that the customer's telling is the primary thing we're there to do. It's not there yeah. to collect the data. We're there to listen and get the story right so that when this, the technician arrives, like you said, they're fully prepared and they know what they're walking into. Yeah. When you, go ahead. <laughs> I don't want to cut off. But I was, I was just going to say, when you pick up that call, the customer rarely just tells you something's broken. They don't just say, my AC stopped working yeah. or I need to get my windows cleaned. They tell you other details, right? Like, oh, I went to turn on the thermostat. I turned out it wasn't working. It's super hot in here. Mm -hmm. Or I've got a soccer game later tonight for my kid, or I've got a meeting I got to get to. If the customer really only cares about the price, if they really only care about the logistics and the details, why would they tell you those things? Yeah. It's because they want you to care. They want you to validate their concern. They want you to say, that's terrible. 
And they say, yeah, isn't it? Isn't it terrible? Yes, that's what I was thinking too. Well, we can definitely help. When would you like us to come out? And, and CSRs are very efficient individuals by na the nature of who they are, right? They're very efficient. They want to get through the day. They're box checkers. They want to get things completed. So how do you teach them how to ask that next question? Because that might feel to some people, oh, this is an inefficient use of my time. I need to get this done and over with so I can go on to the next call. Um, how do you get them to like pull more information out of the customer? Because that's that big piece too, I think. Can I take this one? Yeah, I'll look, I can tell you. Yeah, we're going <laughs> Please. So with people, fast is slow. All right, so if you're going through, you're trying to get a dress, you're trying to get a phone number because you want to get off the phone, you'll find that call will take six, seven minutes. Why? Because the, emo the customer has an emotional need. They have an emotional need to be understood. They have an emotional need to be cared about. And they have an emotional need to be reassured and they will not get off the phone until those needs are met. Now, even if they book an appointment with you, you will find that they will call somebody else. Why? Because those emotional needs are not being met. I know this never happens, but when they call you up and say, oh, sorry, I've already had somebody out, or, or you've called, this never happens, right? Never happens. Never, never. But they, they, <laughs> they call you and they say, oh, shoot, you know, we've, we've, we've got somebody else come. And the reason why, it's not logical, it's emotional. It's emotional. They have a need to be understood. They have a need to be cared about. They have a need to be reassured. And you must do that first. You must put them first. Okay. So you're giving before you're taking. Yeah. All right. You give your attention. You, you, you give your, your concern, your heart to them. And, and you reassure them. You know what? You've called the right place. This is the right place. They need, they don't know. You better know that they've called <laughs> yeah. the right place. So those things must come first. And if you do those things first, you'll find the call takes two minutes, takes three minutes. Why? Because with people, fast is really slow. I love it. I love it. And then lastly, I think this is my favorite piece, is be grateful. I can speak very clearly on this topic that this is a difficult job. Being a, C being a CSR can be challenging. There's a lot that comes at you. Every day is different. You have to really think on your toes. Tell me why gratefulness is important for both people on the phone call. Tell me how you see that, that evolving and why you added that into your system. Please. When, I, when a person feels like they have made a difference, the, the relationship completely changes. Yeah. Period. When, when I feel like I have been of service, I feel more loyal. I feel more committed, right? That's the irony of, of service uh -huh. is we think that we, we always have to just be, be giving it, mm -hmm. but you actually help people in a bigger way when you receive service from them. When your neighbor says, Hey, can, can I help you? Is there anything I can help you with? If you say, actually, yeah, I'd love your help with this. You've helped them find meaning, find significance. So when a customer calls and we say to them, hey, thank you so much for giving us a call. I know you had a lot of other options. We're grateful that you've chosen to reach out to us and let us serve you. They feel like they did something good. Yeah. They did something <laughs> right. And why would I call and give my business to somebody else when you made me feel important? Like I made an impact here. 
You know, it's like the classic, my pleasure experience at Chick-fil-A. You know, you go, you say, thank you. They always say, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Uh, Thank you. Right. Okay. customer. Oh, I love it. I love it. That's a perfect segue to hand you off to Martha because she can talk to you about people, you guys, so much. I am thrilled with the system that you've proven and, and built, and I'm thrilled to be a client as well. So thanks so much. Yeah. You know, it's funny listening to this. Um, I don't own my service business anymore, but if I did, one, they would go through the training, but two, I... I never saw sales. I mean, I guess when I sold, I experienced it, but I didn't translate it to the CSR on making these connections was such a positive experience of what they do in a day, because we all know the flip side is, you know, you take in you have to tell people, oh, I have to reschedule because somebody's sick or you take in complaint calls or so forth. Um, and so I really wish in hindsight, I would have leaned into how this would have really impacted their job and made them love being on the phone more if we would have just worked it right. So that's awesome. Um I mean, I think to interject, sorry, but I think Cassie loves her job more. Like, I think she's happier because she's more confident and she feels more comfortable and she's making better bonuses. And she, I mean, she's a happier CSR, which makes happier clients, which makes way happier owners, right? Sorry to interject, but they all know Cassie. So happy Cassie, happy Fight Club. (laughs) Well, I think that 99% of us think of sales as transactional and what you need to have happen. But, you know, this really, it's a fairly simple concept, but yet, I mean, I never thought of it this way. So that is awesome. And I hope everybody listening really hones into it. Um, And I'm all about people and culture. So I would absolutely use this to, uh, improve our culture you know especially with the sales team now here's what i want to ask do you ever come across someone who just cannot make that connection or um just isn't okay but uh, sorry fit to be a csr salesperson You want me to take this one, Brigham? I got it. So, (laughs) so I can count on my fingers how many times we've had to call a business owner and say, this person is either unwilling or unable to follow what we teach. All right. Um, You might think as you listen to this that you need to fire your team. And I would like for you to step away from that thought and give them a chance. You see, the the topic here is people. And we usually provide a ton of training in this industry to the technician. A ton. 
ton of tension. You know, when the manufacturer comes into your office and shows you a new product, all the bagels go to the technicians, right? And the CSR comes in afterwards and gets the sloppy seconds, all right? I would argue that part of the reason why either turnover is high or you're not getting the performance you'd like out of your CSRs, dispatchers, lead coordinators, is because they're not getting the attention and the training that they deserve. That is not their fault. Mm-hmm. And one, from one business owner to another, that is your fault. And I've had to swallow that pill a hundred times over. Usually when things don't work out, the first person you should look at is straight into a mirror. Because it is about your people. And it is about your people feeling like people, that they matter. I mean, we're teaching them to listen and care and reassure their customer. Are we listening and caring and reassuring our team, our people? Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're also jaded because, um, you know, every email has a limited time offer and just all the gimmicks that occur with sales. And so I think that's why people chalk it up to say I'm bad at sales or they're bad at sales is because they're using the gimmick way and not the connection way. So that's really, it's really cool. And I feel now like I wish I had a do over. <laughs> well, and I feel like that's the secret sauce here. They're not teaching sales. They're teaching how to listen. They're teaching how to ask questions. They're teaching how to work with call flow. Right. And I forgot right. to say that I've already signed up to train my lead techs, how to build empathy because I want to improve them in the field. So I'm taking power solid pros into the field next, Ooh. but I'm doing it. second. I learned my lesson. CSR first technician. Nice. Second. Yeah. Can I mention one other thing on that? Um, Absolutely. What you're talking about, Martha? This is an observation I've made in the last several years. Um, it's the number one reason why any type of training program doesn't work out. It's the number one reason why an employee quits or ends up getting fired or a business doesn't reach its potential. Uh, I'll, I'll illustrate with a story. You guys ever seen Hotel Hell, the Gordon Ramsay show? Yeah, I know of it. I love that show. Okay, so Gordon Ramsay goes to hotels that are in disarray. And, you know, first he tears them apart and makes them feel terrible about themselves. And then he builds them back up and they're so grateful. So <laughs> Gordon Ramsay goes to this hotel and he's eating at the restaurant, orders some orders an apple risotto from the kitchen. Uh, they bring out the apple risotto. The chef never comes to greet him or say hi to him, which kind of bugs him. But he tastes the apple risotto, and first thing he says is, "What a pile of, you know, yeah. what, this is this is disgusting. What, are, what am I eating here?" So he gets up and marches to the kitchen, like he's thirsty for blood. And he looks around. There's three guys in the kitchen, and he goes, "Who's the head chef? Who's the head chef?" And all three of them just kind of like point at each other, right? Like it's not me. It's not me. It's, it's him. It's, and the owner says, "We're kind of doing it in tandem." You know, like nobody's really in charge here. Nobody really is the head chef. So Gordon Ramsay starts laying into these guys. Like, what was in that? Why was it so sweet? They said, oh, we used apple concentrate, chef. Apple concentrate? What is going on here? So he tells the guy who should be the head chef to go out while he can speak to the owner. Head chef walks outside and he's in tears. 
crying. But he's not crying because Gordon Ramsay hurt his feelings. He's crying because he's not just a chef. He's also a husband. And he's also a father. And he has little kids who look up to him and call him their hero. And he feels like a total coward going home to his little kids who think he's Superman and having to look them in the eyes and say, I'm just a guy who cooks microwave leftovers and puts apple juice in his risotto because my boss won't let me use my creative potential. You know, my, my leaders will not give me the space to be able to use my skills to create something beautiful, to create something magical for the customer. So I'm forced to cook everything from cans and pop it in the microwave. That's what I do for a living. How can I come home to my kids who love me and look down on them and say, you have nothing to be proud of. Like, I'm just, I'm just an employee. I'm just a cog in this machine. And that mindset right there is the number one reason people quit. People get fired. Training programs don't work out. It's because your first problem is not scripting or, you know, what your, what your people are, are saying on the phones. It's not your process. It's how they see themselves. If you ask most CSRs, what do you do for a living? You know what they say? I just answer the phones. I handle support. I handle customer complaints. Well, no freaking wonder the customer experience is terrible. <laughs> no wonder they quit. No wonder they get fired. No wonder training programs don't work. Nothing's going to work as long as your people see themselves as just right. cooking, you know, just cooking leftovers. It, the, the chef felt demoralized, like his kids should not be proud of him because everything he cooks comes from a can. Do your CSRs feel that way? Is everything canned to them? Is it just a scripted experience over again? If you see them as just a CSR, if they see themselves as just a CSR, I can't help you with a script. The urgency list will make a short-term impact, but in the long-term, if there's no soul to it, mm -hmm. if there's no empathy, then again, it's just a transaction. Yeah, that's great. That's great. And like I say, I seriously am thinking, man, if I had to do it over again, um, well, first I'd just hand them to you, but that was kind of, that was kind of my problem is that, um, I didn't feel like I was good at sales. Therefore it was really hard to coach the people who were selling, um, to improve the process. So I did invest in training. I did invest in a coach who worked with them, but, you know, honestly, it, those sales training and coaching, it was all about, it really was about the transaction and like the little, like I remember the coach used a lot of urgency tactics as far as, well, I have two spots available, blah, 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 you know, mm. and, um, and then you're not allowing the CSR to be authentic. And so, I, you know, I feel like I'm pretty good at building staff up, but now I know I totally missed that, you know, that opportunity. 
to make that connection and enrich their lives. So that's really good stuff. Yeah. More, more sales comes as a result of a better customer experience. Better customer experience comes as a result of your people seeing themselves as customer experience makers. That's the first impression right. of business. Right. Yeah. Because I would, I would venture to guess most of us have CSRs that when the phone rings, they're like, you know, oh no. And, um, and, you know, when we had our weekly stats meeting, we looked at, you know, the conversion rate, et cetera, but I would still look at the conversion rate, but I would have been doing other things to, to make that sale. And that's, investing in the human piece of the equation. So anyway, really good stuff. Um, I keep raising my prices because the conversion rate, like now that they're training her, I just get to keep raising my prices till I'm priced the way I want because the conversion rate holds steady, right? And this Allison comment about authentic, I loved that. Mm -hmm. That was so important during the training was they had a menu of options of questions we could ask. And then they kept asking Cassie, which one feels the best for you? Write yeah. that one down. Which one sounds like something you would like to say or you would say? Write that down. They weren't asking her to say anything that wouldn't come naturally out of her normal like flow, but right. they were helping her document so she could go grab while she was on the call. These are the things that I like to say at this point, or these are the things that sound good yeah. at this point. That so. That's great. Well, okay. oh, I was going to say... We could keep going, but I know we're out of time. That's where Michelle was going. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was just going to say I am. This part is like it, I have had an emotional morning, so I'm trying not to be emotional. But this part is like why we're clients of yours, because I knew the minute I watched your videos and the minute I connected with Zach, I was like, these people get this part of it. And that's what I what sold me on your services. So we've got four people in your um, group right now. And we're about to up level the entire company. So I'm thrilled. So super excited about this part. (laughs) Really great. So Okay. Um, We're about to go and hand out homework. And so what we do on this is um, each one of us goes around and will assign homework in our area um and then i'm last well of uh, the four of us and then i'm going to pass it to you guys and let you decide if you want to give out homework or not so um and i need to tell the listeners that you're only supposed to pick one piece of homework yeah (laughs) megan was going to get me if i didn't say that so uh one piece of homework because you we want you to get things done and we all know if your list is too big, you won't get it done. So take, take us. Cool. We did have one last question. So if Zach or Brigham could maybe potentially answer this for us, Cody wants to know um, if one of us can tell the average time for these phone calls that we've been discussing today. Okay. So if they follow the process, it should last about two to three minutes, four minutes tops, but they've got to follow the process. If they don't follow the process, it'll usually take longer. Cool. Awesome. So Cody, two to four minutes. If processes are followed directly in line with power selling pros, and if not, you're looking at a longer time frame. So as we go back to homework here, I am really kind of going to just stick with the end of my segment and what Brigham said in regards to 
just making sure you put your world on hold when these calls come in. I don't care if you're the CSR. I don't care if you're the business owner. I don't care if you're the wife of the business owner. I've been in those shoes multiple times. Whoever is answering that phone call, put your life on hold and make sure we treat these clients as if they're family, as if they're someone that we genuinely care about. That way we can authentically be able to work through these problems with them. Authenticity was a word that was used a lot today, but my goal for you this week is every time that phone rings, whoever is answering it, put your world on hold and spend time with that client. I'm going to add to hers. Take a deep breath before you pick up the phone and smile. I feel like that makes a huge impact. Deep breath, smile, then answer the phone. Um, okay. And my homework this week is I want you to think about the last time you spent some time with your CSR. When was the last time you had a training professional development conversation with your CSR? The goal being that they felt like they were heard and appreciated and seen and invested in. So your homework first is to think of when was the last time you did that? The answer is probably going to be way too long ago, right? And we're not talking about when you're correcting an error. We're talking about like, hey, how's it going? Anything you need from me? How can I help? You know, want to talk through anything? Or, hey, I heard this new strategy. Do you want to run by with me? Like, let's, let's role play. Okay, so step one, when was the last time you did that? Step two, if it's been too long, I want you to reach out to Power Selling Pros. They have You don't have to sign up for a big engagement, or maybe you do. I don't know. But I think they will just sell you a two-hour training that is worth every penny that has now hopefully 10 times since we've been on this call, right? It's going to be help you um, invest in your CSR, have a training program. Cody asked about, like, how do we... Um, how do we onboard a CSR quickly? And I'm like, well, I totally stole my two hour video and I put it into my, my learning management software, my LMS, and I'm going to use that for future CSR trainings. So I'd love to challenge you this week to spend some time investing in your CSR. And your systems homework is to add the gratitude back into your call flow. So if you don't have a part where you wrap up the call with gratitude, Make sure that's part of your call flow. If that's a Trello board that you need to add it to or <clears throat> some sort of outline for the call, give that CSR the ability to add gratitude in. It's just going to benefit both people on the call and really emotionally firm up the CSR and uh, really help your customer experience as well. So I'm going to have you add gratitude this week. And mine, I'm not sure exactly how to phrase this, but... Um, I feel like these calls should be an act of service. And so what I would do now <laughs> is I would go and have my CSR, when they get off the phone, rate that call from one to five. And five feels, five would be, I feel very grateful for the call, you know, that I made a connection and um, I served that person. And then if you weren't able to rate it a five, then why? And I think that that would be, that'd be helpful for me as the owner to see, you know, where the gaps were, but, Anyway, um, I love it. All right. So I'm going to pass it to you guys. Do you have homework? I would say. You can pass. Go, 
Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to pass. I'm gonna, <laughs> I would say uh, go ask your CSR what they think their job is. And if they use the word just at any point in their answer, mm. you got work to do. Yeah. That's a good one. It's super good. <laughs> if um, I were to add, if I were to add anything to that, if I could. <laughs> sure. If you allow the, these principles, it could, it could be a tool, um, that you can incorporate not just in the CSR department, but you can incorporate it in, in the technician department and in operations. You can make it a part of your culture. And as you do, because these are principles, right? It's not just a script, it's not just a right. system. It's, they're principles, meaning they're absolute truths. And when you apply absolute truths in your business, you're able to build a culture that people will be drawn to. And you'll find that as you apply these principles in your leadership as a business owner, that people will be drawn to you. All right. Leaders are not leaders unless they have followers. That's how it works. Mm. So you, you take these principles and you let it uh, blossom into a phenomenal culture that people want to be a part of as well as uh, being part of an organization that is led by you, a person that uh, applies absolute truths. And that's how you'll grow your business. And the money will take care of itself. Wow. Okay, as a reminder, that was six pieces of homework. You can only do one because if you do more than one, you're going to get lost. You're not going to do any. Choose the one that speaks to you. Next week, we'll give you more or come back and listen again yeah. and do another one. But just commit to doing one, schedule it, get it done. That's what makes our podcast different is we actually want to improve your business instead of just consuming good content. Um, Tay, I know you need to go, but you have a follow-up question, yeah, I think. I just, go ahead. Yeah, I just want to make sure that if anyone does want to get into contact with y'all, what is the best way for them to get in contact with both uh, Zach and Brigette? Go to powersellingpros.com slash Free. That's a link we tell everybody who listens Ooh. to podcasts to go check out. It's we only tell people who listen to podcasts of us to go check that link out. Powerslimpros.com flat free. <laughs> um, you get some free training samples there. I have uh, Brigham, myself, all the members of the team, and uh, you can join our email list, which is basically a sitcom. Every day is a new episode. <laughs> Great story. So thank you, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Well, thank you guys so much. We always end with a quote. And so I searched one while we were together and I loved this one. It's the struggle ends where gratitude begins. And that's by Neil Walsh. So I think that really wraps up what we talked about today. Thank you again for your time and for sharing your talent with us and all those amazing CSRs out there. You're making a huge difference. I can feel it. And I'm, I'm grateful for your time. Thanks so, so much for joining us on Fight Club. Everybody have a super day. See you All next week. Right, so bye, Jake. Okay, so bye, everybody. Eastern. Okay, see you next week. Bye. With Fight Club for Business, join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for Business.